Hey, what's going on, Black people? What's going on? I hope you guys are having a wonderful day. <clears throat> welcome, welcome, welcome. Uh, good morning, good morning, good morning. Welcome to Dr. Boyce TV.com, the home for intelligent Black people. My name is Dr. Boyce Watkins, and today we're going to talk about this guy named Grant Cardone. And Grant Cardone made a comment that uh, some people thought was perfectly fine, some people thought was uh, a little racist, a little colonizer-ish. Uh, and I'm going to just kind of break it down for you and tell you guys what I'm seeing in terms of the comment. And I'd like to get your feedback on some of this. So get comfortable, buck up your seatbelt. We're going to get started on drboystv.com right now. Here we are, clan, the isms, cataclysm, great. Our people out here struggling, trying to make it in this state. Everybody out here doing it, but we the ones who late. Now, family, we the ones who got to delegate. Get that money and the power, never be fake. Stick to co-sign for three. What did he say? Uh, create jobs, support our own. Educate the same and buy back your home. Got three degrees, triple ten. Three PhDs, now we on the CNN. DBTV, let's talk about negligence. Ignorance is bliss, but we can turn it to intelligence. Please, none of what you hear, half of what you see. Let's break it down here on Dr. Voice TV. Hey, what's going on, guys? Welcome to drboystv.com, the home for intelligent black people. My name is Dr. Boyce Watkins, and I want to welcome everybody. As you come in, please shout out your city that you're from. Let me know what city you're from. Uh, it's so good to see everybody. And uh, and let me let me just tell you, um, you know, uh, Grant Cardone was kind of on my brain this week. I don't know if any of you heard of him or not. Maybe you haven't. Uh, if so, that you know, I'll, I'll tell you about him. I, I've seen him for a while. He's he seems like a decent guy. I don't know him well enough to know if he's a good person or a bad person. I just know that he 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 made a comment that raised some eyebrows, uh, and uh, and the person that actually sent me the comment was a little offended by what he said, and I definitely heard what she had to say, and I wanted to hear what you guys had to say, and I'm actually going to play a little clip where you'll get a chance to hear uh, hear the hear the words come right of his out of his mouth, and uh, kind of get an assessment on whether or not you think that he's you know sounded like a little bit of a racist white boy or not. I don't know, but I'm not here to. Um, I'm not here to make that judgment. I want you to make your own judgment because we don't tell you what to think in this platform. We actually encourage you to think for yourself. And, uh, and so anyway, as I get started also, I want to give a shout out to Larry Timms at ATLBlackWallStreet.com. Uh, ATLBlackWallStreet.com is one of the sponsors of today's podcast. Uh, they're doing a Black History Month sale. You can buy a West Coast Jewelry Crucible unisex brown braided bracelet and get a free, get a black travel box lip balm for free. So you can check out their website. Uh, go to, um, uh, you can actually go to uh, atlblackwallstreet.com. That's atlblackwallstreet.com. Uh, so shout out uh, to ATL Black Wall Street uh, for helping uh, us to to make the dream happen. All right. So so here's the deal. Um, so Grant Cardone. First of all, let me just ask you all: How many of you even know who Grant Cardone is? Uh, how many of you know, uh, you know who 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 he is? He's he's kind of a country country white dude. Um, he he seems to know a lot about real estate. Uh, he's a little bit on the controversial side. Uh, there are some people who think that he's a genius. Some people think he's a crook. Uh, I don't know. I'm not here to judge. I have never had a conversation with this man at all. Um, uh, and and so what what really got my attention and got me really thinking about uh, Cardone is uh, is this you know th this this remark he made and uh, and I wasn't sure what to think. I, I had a uh, I have an opinion on it and, it and I'll share some of my perspective on it. But I really want you all to just kind of hear it for yourself because I'm not here to give you propaganda <clears throat> and tell you um, tell you what to think uh, about anything, really. I would just I just want you to think for yourself. Right. 
And um, and so so I put the comment on my Instagram. My Instagram is the real Boyce Watkins. And uh, and I looked at some of your remarks and somebody said, well, why do you care? Uh, you know, I care because it's a, because I care about black people. And I also care about what's happening in our community. And I care about uh, and, and, and really truth is, you know, if you don't care, uh, then you shouldn't care. Right. You shouldn't even uh, be here. Right. You should probably go and, you know, bake some cookies or something. Right. So you don't you don't have to care about this. But this is important because this affects black business. This affects, uh, you know, who does business with you, um, because at the end of the day, whether or not people do business with you or treat you with respect comes down to how they think of you. It comes down to where, what position you're in. Uh, they have an old saying of my homeboy, Willie D from the ghetto boys. I think Willie D was the one who used to say, uh, you know, I don't know if you ever heard Willie D some of his stuff. Uh, Willie D said, uh, let a hoe be a hoe and you can't turn a hoe into a housewife. Right. Uh, anybody ever heard that? Where he said, you can't turn a hoe into a housewife. Well, I think that comment applies because here's the deal. When it comes to business or doing intelligent endeavors, there are people who think of black people as the hoe who will never be the housewife. You know, you're the servant. You'll never be the boss. You're the employee. Employee. You're never supposed to be the employer. You're the follower. You're not supposed to be the leader. You are the uh, beta. You're never supposed to be the alpha. Do you understand what I'm saying? Give me a yes if you understand what I'm saying, right? So, so why does this matter? The reason this matters is because uh, if you ever wonder, how many of you have ever been on a job where you were qualified for a better job, but they never considered you for the better job because only white people got that job? How many of you have ever been in that situation? How many of you have ever been in a situation where you're like, damn, I could do Becky's job. And Becky got a GED. I went to college and I made good grades, but Becky got the job and I didn't get that job. Well, that's because you're the hoe that they they don't believe will ever be a housewife, right? You're the servant that will never be the leader. You're the employee and you'll never be the employer. You are the follower. You'll never be the leader. You are the subordinate. You'll never be the boss. You are the beta. You're not supposed to be the alpha. Becky or Tom, this is Tom and Becky, right? They, they, they have a certain uh, reputation, right? And let me give you another example of this. And this is why, and I'm actually playing what Grant Cardone said so that you can make your decision for yourself. I'm not here to vilify this man. Again, I don't even know him well enough to vilify him on any level. But when my friend sent the comment, the friend that I uh, that sent me the comment, she's a boss. You know, she's a, she's a, she's been around millionaires. She's been around wealthy people. She has met Cardone and his wife. And she said that I got a real bad vibe from, from them. And that, but again, that's her experience. And she said, look at this stuff. She said, boys, can you believe that somebody would say this? He thinks that you can't use long words around black people. Right. And, uh, and so, so, so the reason that I, I, I bring this up is because um, I really think it's important to process, you know, whenever, whenever people think I'm being too uptight, when I talk about, you know, you know, BET, that white owned company that markets to black people and they market stuff to you that they would never market to their own kids. They market a culture to you that they would never, ever market in their own community. The Jewish people that run BET would never, ever want Jewish kids uh, listening to the stuff that they think is appropriate for black kids. Do you understand what I'm saying? That, you know, at the end of the day, I think that you've got to understand that in their minds, in the minds of other people, you have a role in society. So let me just play the clip. There we go. Uh, Yusuf said, let's hear the clip. All right, you're right, Yusuf. Let me go ahead and play this, brother. I put it on my Instagram also. My Instagram is The Real Voice Watkins. Y'all were having a great conversation about it yesterday. So I thought we'd finish this up. Hit the thumbs up button, please. Uh, if you haven't done that yet, please hit the thumbs up button. That really helps us a lot because we are independent black-owned media. We're trying to get the word out. 
so hit the thumbs up button. Okay. Give me a guess also if you can hear this as I play it. I'm going to play it and I'm going to play it again. And if you're on Instagram, you won't see it, but you'll hear it. So here we go. Let me see if I can turn this up so I don't mess this up. All right, boys, don't mess up the technology. All right, let me pull this back. All right, hitting play now. And I and I see and I messed it up. See, I sat here and I just literally was talking to myself out loud saying, boys, don't mess it up. And you know, boys did boys hit the wrong damn button. So let me try it again. Here we go. Let's try it again. There we go. Black under the age of 40. About half my audience is black under the age of 40 because we go after that audience and we're talking to them in very street terms, if you will. Very not big nomenclature. We just keep everything very tight and simple. Okay, so so don't worry about what I had to say. Don't worry about me. I, I'll, I'll give you my perspective. Let me play this one more time so we can hear it. I want us to really think, you know, this is a place where you ain't got to be smart. You ain't got to be a genius. You ain't got to be a college graduate to be on this platform. Uh, I just want you to try to think about things, right? That's what, the only thing I'm asking you to do. All right, so here we go. Because we go after that audience and we're talking to them in very street terms, if you will. Very not big nomenclature. We just keep everything very tight and simple. Okay. So so I'm gonna play one more time. Let, let's listen to it one more time. And then get let me know if you found it offensive or if you found it like it's okay, like it's not a big deal. I don't know. It's it's totally up to you. I'm not telling you what to think. Let me play it again. Because we go after that audience and we're talking to them in very street terms, if you will. Very not big nomenclature. We just keep everything very tight and simple. Okay. All right. So so here's a few things that he said, and I'm gonna break some of this down. He said, first he says half my audience is black. Let's take notes. This is this is class, and I want us to kind of really think about this, right? In order for you to succeed, you gotta be able, you gotta think strategically, okay? Patrick Mahomes won the Super Bowl because he's a strategic thinker, not because he's a, he, he, not because he's a dumb person. Right. So you got to be strategic uh, in terms of how you process information. So first thing he says is half my audience is black. Let's write that down. And he says we deliberately target that audience. <clears throat> then he said, um, uh, so uh, to communicate with them, uh, I use a lot of street terms. I, I don't know what that means. Let, let's think about that. Let's process what that means. Then he said not very big nomenclature. Okay, nomenclature. That's a long word. We're going to talk about, I'm going to give you the definition of the word nomenclature. And we're going to literally, that, that what he said there was even deep too, I promise you. Uh, and then the last part, as he said, we keep it simple. Okay, so first off, let's do a quick straw poll. How many of you uh, found that what he said was like a bunch of BS? Like it was some, it was, it was crazy. Like, like what the hell, you know? And, and then, and then how many of you were like, oh, you know, boys, you're overreacting. This isn't a big deal. Um, you know, it's fine. He basically said that his audience is from the hood. Uh, oh, okay. There we go. So, so he basically said that he's communicating in a way that his audience will understand. Okay. So let's see. Uh, Regina says BS. Nick T says totally offensive. Um, let's see here. Uh, Lisa says a complete failure. Okay. Um, and, and, and I, I want to get your opinion because I know that my opinion is not the only one out here. Right. And I, and I don't, I'm going to tell you, I, I like to try to understand all perspectives on stuff. I don't, I don't lean on my own opinion very often. I lean on the opinions of others so I can see the, see the situation from a 360 point of view. Right. So if you disagree with me, I'm more interested in hearing what you have to say than if you actually agree with me, because uh, I think that's the, the right way to approach things. So, so first thought here, let me give you some quick thoughts on this. On the Grant Cardone thing, I'm gonna first of all reveal something. Um, Grant Cardone and his team reached out to me about a year, year and a half, two years ago. 
And they uh, somebody, it wasn't him, it was one of his reps that said, uh, we'd like to have Grant come on your podcast. And uh, and I was like, why? Like white people, I don't even really talk to that many white people. I don't dislike white people. I have nothing against you if you're white. Don't get me wrong. I have plenty of I have plenty of white friends. You know, they say those words. I got plenty of friends who are white, right? So 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 I don't have anything against them, but I said, why? What what's the what's the objective here? What are you seeking to do? Are you are you a colonizer seeking to come in and connect to black people so you can bring black people into your space? Um Okay, I kind of get it, but I've seen that play run before, right? That's the that's the offensive scheme that they've been running against black people for the last five hundred years. That was the same, uh, like the same European white boy from that came across the ocean to Africa with a Bible in his hand, and basically it was looking to recruit black people for his church, right? And this continues on. It's a and in this case, it's just it's it's a different kind of church. It's a financial church as opposed to uh, a religious church, but it's the same play. Right. Give me a yes or no if you've seen that. Right. My mother um, used to tell me stories about how when she grew up uh, and, and, and my mother is uh, 71 years old, I think. And when she was a little girl, white people in Kentucky weren't very nice to black people all the time. They didn't hate them all the time. But there were times where white people were wanted to be around black people. They would come and uh, and typically it would be like the missionaries. And uh, and I said, well, where did you learn how to read and write? She said, oh, I learned that at church. And I said, really? So tell me about your church. She said, well, I went to a Presbyterian church and the pastor was white and the whole congregation was black. So they just just like Grant Cardone, their audience was uh, was full of black people and they would strategically go after that audience. That's what he said. That's his marketing strategy that he laid out. And he's laying it out to someone named Laura Trump. I don't know who Laura Trump is. I don't know if she's related to Donald Trump or not. I don't even care. But but she's he's basically saying half my audience is black. And they're under the age of 40. And we specifically go after that audience. Right. So just like uh, Cardone said, half my audience is black. We specifically go after that audience. That Presbyterian pastor at my mama's church in, in the 1960s and 1950s also went after black people. How in the world, how else in the world would a white man running a church in the 1950s in Louisville, Kentucky, have a congregation that is 70, 80 percent black if he was not specifically targeting black people. And, and and here's the thing. I said, well, was the pastor ever black? Did they have a black pastor at any point? She said, no, no, the pastor was always white and the, the congregation was always black. So he was always in his mind. He was the shepherd and you are the sheep. And there is a way that a shepherd speaks to the sheep. Right. The shepherd does not treat the sheep as an equal. The shepherd says, no, I'm, I'm the shepherd. You're 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 a, you're a, you're a sheep. You're, you're not you know, you, you when, when I talk to you, like I might speak in, in proper English. But when I talk to you, I don't speak proper English. I say that. Right. I, I, I'm a brave man. I can go out and fight the world. But you're a sheep. Sheep are afraid of things. So I'm going to give you things to be scared of. I'm going to say, look over there. Be careful. Watch out, yo. Be careful. Watch out. Watch out. They're going to come get you. Right? Right? So so ultimately, if I am the uh, shepherd, I don't. the shepherd will never see himself as the same as the sheep. And, and to some extent, honestly, when I'm peeping out a little bit of that Grant Cardone, uh, very subtle version of white supremacy, I'm hearing a shepherd who says, this is how I talk to my sheep. Give me a yes if you follow what I'm saying. This is no disrespect. This is not me saying that he's sinister or that he's not, you know, talking to people about things that can benefit them. I don't know. I've never been in, in a Grant Cardone seminar or anything like that, right? So so all I know, it, it, look, if he if he can teach you something that can benefit you, I think it's okay to learn from everybody. So this is not me disparaging him, but it's really when he says, half my audience is black, 
we specifically target the audience. So he says, I'm the pastor of a big church and my congregation members that I bring in don't look like me. Uh, I, some of them do, but a lot of them do, are different. And in order to communicate with these individuals that are different from me, um, I don't speak to them the way I speak to Laura Trump. Right. The way I speak to Laura Trump is I use long, fancy words like nomenclature. Right. So let's look up the word nomenclature. What is nomenclature? Let's ladies, boys and girls, let's, let's go to school real quick and let's look up the word nomenclature. What is nomenclature? Hit the thumbs up button, by the way. Please hit the thumbs up button. Nomenclature is the devising or choosing of names for things, especially in a science or other discipline. The body or, or it's also the body or system of names in a particular field, the term or terms applied to someone or something. So an example of nomenclature would be, uh, let's see here. Uh, for instance, you may have heard of a binomial nomenclature in biology class. It refers to the way of referring to living things by two names, like calling them humans homo sapiens or calling humans homo sapiens. Okay. Another word for nomenclature is, uh, a, let's see, a word or set of words by which a person or thing is known, addressed, or referred to, title, moniker, de designation, name. Okay. So that's what nomenclature is. Now I want to ask y'all a question. Give me a yes or no in the chat. Yes or no. In all the speeches that Grant Cardone has given to all these black people that he talks to, because he said half my audience is black, Grant Cardone gives a lot of speeches. I don't know much about him, but I know he gives a lot of speeches. Do you think he's ever used the word nomenclature to a, to a black person? I'm going to wait for you to answer my question. How often do you think he's ever used the word nomenclature? And I'm making a point here, I promise you. Y'all know me. I, I, I make the points. I, I get to the point, I promise you. Okay. So, so here's what's happening, right? And, and he's, he's having a conversation with a white woman that he will never have with a black person. He's having a conversation with Laura Trump that he'll never have with, uh, with Tyrone from the hood. He's having a conversation with them about you that he would never have with you. Right. And this reminds me of another video that everybody should watch just to really understand you know what happens to your wealth and, and how people see you there's a video a brilliant video I, it was literally actually done by ebony magazine uh in the 1950s and it's called how to sell to the negro how to sell to the negro and in this video they basically lean on a long list of stereotypes to explain to white people it's white people explaining to white people it's elite black people combined mixed with white people explaining to other white people how to sell products to black people. Well, when the Negro comes in the store, he he's usually very sensitive about whether or not you think he can afford it. So what you can do is give him the expensive watch and, and never assume that he can't afford the expensive watch or he'll get angry about that. You know, or he'll buy something very, he'll buy something very nice because he needs to buy nice things in order to feel good about himself, right? There, just all this stuff, right? <laughs> like, like they'll talk about you like you're like rats in a lab, right? So, so I think it's, I think I've established this pretty clearly that I don't think this conversation that Grant Cardone was having with Laura Trump is a conversation that he would have with the black people in his audience. Uh, you know, not very big nomenclature, lots of street terms, keeping things very simple. Now, now here's another point here. Okay, so, and, and please hit the thumbs up button while you do this. Make sure you subscribe. Make sure you hit the notification bell and all that stuff. And I have to remind everybody, I have a new book. It's called The Ten Commandments of Black Economic Power. Uh, it's out. It's at Amazon. You can go to boycewalkins.com to take a look. There's also a, a presentation I did called How to Make Money Without Working. Uh, and so if you want to take a look at that, feel free to go to my website, boycewalkins.com, if you're interested. So so here's what is interesting uh, about this, right? So, so let's talk for a moment about stereotypes all right 
I want you to ask, I'm going to ask you all a basic question. My friend Jenks Morton uh, did a movie. I don't remember the name of his movie. I, I should name his movie. Um, but uh, Jenks Morton did a movie, and I was in the movie. Um, and uh, he asked a very basic question. Uh, his, uh, what is, what's it called? Uh, Hoodwinked. Hoodwinked. That was the movie. His movie was called Hoodwinked. And he also did, a, he recently did a movie called Blackface uh, and Spitting in Anger, Venom of, of a Fatherless Son. Wow, he, Jenks, you've been busy, man. Well, shout out to my brother, Jenks Morton. So Jenks uh, did this movie. And in this movie, he asked a very basic question. And I'm going to ask you all this question. I want you all to answer me in the chat. He said, um, can you name one stereotype about black people that is positive? Give me one stereotype that black pe that people believe about black people that is a positive stereotype. Give me one thing. Give me one thing. And while we uh, and while we lay this out, I'm going to mention Damani Scott's comment. You make a good comment. He says, Boyce is a rival to Cardone. Both men talk financial stuff. Cardone is like the black Boyce Watkins. Um, I, 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 I hear what you're saying, but actually I'm not really a rival to him because I don't really go into white spaces very often. I'm not interested. Um, I'm interested in black wealth. Now, if Grant, if Grant Cardone was focused specifically and solely on black wealth, and that was his only objective. And y'all been watching me for about a, some of you've been watching me for as long as a decade. You know that from the very beginning, I've said that black wealth is my background. Also, I'm a professor. I, you know, I'm not a, I'm not a real estate guy. Right. So um, I don't, I don't think it's a rivalry thing because we're, we're very different. We're very different. Um, and I'm not going to talk to you like you're from the street uh, just to connect with you. I mean, my daddy's from the street. My daddy was, he spent enough time in the street to tell me, that you don't want to really be, you don't want to spend your whole life in the street. So I'm not going to use street terms uh, to tell you that that's where I think you need to stay. I might, uh, I might connect with you on street terms. I've had plenty of rappers come on my platform and stuff like that, but I don't believe the black man belongs in the street. I believe the black man does not do well in the street. I believe the black man gets killed in the street, whether you're killed by a cop or killed by another, by a thug. Uh, I believe the black man loses when he's in the street. They look to lock you up when you're in the street. I believe the black man should be in the classroom and in the boardroom. I believe in black intelligence. I believe that black men and black women can do anything. So that's the difference. Right. So um, maybe we talk financial stuff. But the other thing that would, would differ with, with Grant and I, I would say, is, uh, you know, I, I've seen him get off private jets and drive in fancy cars and, and show you a Bugatti to get you interested in money. Um, I think that you could have all those things. But I'm really a person that says money does more for you than just buys you material things. Um, I, that's not a reason to want to learn about wealth is to drive a Bugatti. I think, I think you can get a Bugatti if you want to, but after you get a Bugatti, I need you to get a life. I need you, uh, after you get your private jet, I need you to get a sense of purpose after you buy you some material things. I need you to develop spiritually so that you can actually elevate and free your community. I want you to be good for your, your children. I want you to be good for your family. That's what I'm looking at. Right. So, uh, so again, um, maybe we, uh, maybe we overlap. You know, because my PhD is in finance and he talks about financial stuff, but um, I'm not really uh, trying to uh, do what he does. Um, and, uh, and and again, that's why when he asked to come on my podcast, I didn't uh, I didn't want I didn't invite him on. And the other thing that we did, to be honest with you, that uh, was really like I knew what the answer to this question would be. Um, and uh, but but I asked it anyway, because I, I knew what the answer was, is I said, OK, well, tell Grant that if he wants to come on my podcast, uh, bring me on to his podcast, you know, so he wants to come in my space and talk to black people. Well, bring him, have me come in his space and let me talk to his white people. 
and we never heard back from them again. And that right there told me that you don't really see us as equals. Maybe it's because I'm not as, as rich as you or I don't have a platform as big as you, right? Because there aren't as many intelligent black people as there are white people and regular people, right? So so, so I don't know what it was, but I was like, no, I, I, I know what the answer is. I know what's happening. You want to use us and you don't want us to have reciprocity. And that, again, speaks to what I'm, I'm telling you, I was telling you guys earlier that um, I'm getting sick of being used by white people. I, I, I got used by white people my whole life. Uh, I got used by them when I was working for them and I was the smartest guy on the job. but got treated like a nigga. Uh, I would get used by them when I was at Syracuse University doing great things for the institution, but wasn't getting respected for the work I was doing for the black community. Uh, I, I just I just have no interest in that. So uh, if you ever wondered, like if you ever sat around and said, gosh, I wonder if voice is ever going to be mainstream or voice is ever going to be on CNN or NBC or something like that. The answer is no, I don't want to be in those spaces. I don't want to be in spaces that uh, put me in a cage. I don't want I want to be a human being. I want to be able to um, do what is right for the people I care about without having to apologize for it. And uh, and part of that part of the trade off for that. And I need you all to understand this part of the trade off is that you can't be doing everything with everybody going everywhere with everyone all the time. Like you can't do that if you're trying to really stand on something. There are some things when you got to learn how to say no in advance. You got to say no, whatever you got in your pocket, whatever butter biscuit you about to offer me, whatever gold trinkets you're going to give me to, to, to go along with your program. I don't want any of that in advance. That way, it's not a hard decision when you ask me to sell my soul. I, it, I, I, in advance, I told you no in advance. I'm not coming over there. Right. So so ultimately, um, I have nothing against Grant. We don't operate in the same space. Mo most of the most of you don't really you know, rock in that space. But if you did, I wouldn't stop you. But it's it's a different type of vibe. Right. So so what I'm simply pointing out here, though, is the fact that you do have um, something that leads us to really discuss how black people are seen and why you didn't get that promotion or why you why there are certain jobs that you'll never get. Or I'll give you another example. If you look at a company like Google, Google hires thousands of engineers from the United States, from India, from China, and from all over the world. They hire thousands of them every year. Very small numbers of those engineers are black. A very small percentage of them are black. Even though you've got thousands of black engineers right here that would love to get a job at Google. Do you know when Google calls black people? Do you know when they call black people? They call black people when they have a fucking office party and they need a rapper that's going to entertain their engineers. Am I am I am I lying or am I telling the truth? That's what they do. They call black people when they need entertainment. Why? Well, because they view you as the entertainment. They view you. You are the hoe that will never get a chance to be the housewife. And so um, and, and, and the truth is that if you are a black person who does have skill, uh, if you are a black person that does have intelligence, if you are a black person who doesn't fit into every stereotype that they put on BET, it's very frustrating for you. These are the people that I'm mostly here for is the people who are like, man, I'm tired of people thinking that because I'm a black woman that I want to shake my ass like Cardi B. I'm here for the black people that say, look, just because I'm a black man don't mean that I'm dedicating my life to playing basketball. I, I can't dance. I can't. You know, I don't know how to rap, but I do know how to program a computer. They, they don't see you in that category. They evaluate you. So, so here's my issue with what Grant said. Look. Ain't nothing wrong with being from the streets. Ain't nothing wrong being. I, I've spent enough time in the streets to know I don't want to stay there. Let me just say that. 
And, and, and I don't care what street story you got. I got stories that'll beat out your stories. My homeboy got shot in the head in front of his daughter. My daddy was on heroin. My daddy has killed people, right? He's been in the streets, right? So so I can match every street story you have. So any 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 semblance, any sort of preconception that somehow, because I'm a college professor, that somehow I don't understand, well, you don't understand the street code. You don't know what it's like in the street. Man, I probably know more about it than you do. But what I'm saying is, Every black person don't want to be up in the street. And, and the problem with what Grant said is not that he said I use street language to talk to my audience. It's that he said that I use street language to talk to black people. There's a difference. See, let me explain. And this is subtle. Yes, there are black people that are in the street. There are black people that want to be there. There are black people that just love street life, street culture. Don't want to elevate, don't want to grow, don't want long words, don't want don't want to think, right? There are people like that out there, but but to say that that is a defining characteristic of being black is a significant problem. Again, that's like imagine this. Imagine if I said, you know, um, half my audience is black women, so in order to communicate with them, uh, you know, I, I, I we we get to shaking our ass like Cardi B, and uh, and and we don't talk about anything involving love or family or or dignity. We just we just keep it real simple. We just want them to, you know, we 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 do Cardi B every time because because we got black women in our audience. That's not an appropriate statement because not every black woman loves Cardi B. Some black women are sick of that stuff. So not every black woman loves Lizzo. Some black women are like, no, this is not this is not appropriate. This is embarrassing. Right now, if you say my audience is full of hoes and, and you know, and, and because I have hoes in my audience, we play a lot of Cardi B at our events. Then that would make sense. I'd be like, yeah, yeah, them hoes do like Cardi B. Who you got? Yeah, you got you got to play some Cardi B and some Lizzo because you got hoes in this house. Right. Like if you got hoes in the house, then yes. But if you have black women in the house. And you say the because they're black women, they all love Cardi B, or because they're black women, they all love Lizzo, or because they're black women, they all love Megan the Stallion. That's not an appropriate statement because there are plenty of black women who have no interest in any of that nonsense. I married one. I married a woman who had, who who has all the assets, and I emphasize the word ass, <laughs> right? She has all the assets necessary to 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 shake it like Cardi B if she wanted to. But where she comes from, that's not an appropriate way for a woman to carry herself if you're looking for the world to view you in a certain way. Right. So 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 it doesn't mean that hoes don't have a right to be hoes. It, it, again, it doesn't mean that ignorant people don't have a right to be ignorant. Uh, we love you, too. It doesn't mean that if, if you want to if you want to stay at, at this level or whatever, that's cool. But to say that because you're black, you're at this level, th then that's a, the problem. Do you understand what I'm saying? Get, give me a yes if you follow my, that point. That's a subtle point. And I know I know that we don't believe in black people, in encouraging black people to be intelligent. And we think that that's uppity. But I need you all to be a little bit smart about this to understand how the, the how the subtle racism can kind of link into some of your interactions with other people. And it ain't just it ain't just the Grant Cardones that do this. Um, actually, I remember. Um, let me actually, I'm going to tell you a Jay-Z story. And before I do that, could you please uh, hit the thumbs up button? Thumbs up, thumbs up. Uh, share, make sure you subscribe. Uh, also, I'm going to give a shout out one more time to our sponsor for today's podcast. It's ATL Black Wall Street. And uh, ATL Black Wall Street basically says that for Black History Month, you, if you buy a West Coast Jewelry Crucible Unisex Brown Braided Bracelet, that's a lot of words, you, you'll get a black travel box lip, lip balm for free. So uh, feel free uh, to check it out. 
Uh, you can also uh, check out their Black Business BOGO, B-O-G-O. I don't know what BOGO stands for, but it says sign up now and you can get a second business for free. So I don't know if that's a directory or something like that. Uh, so check it out, atlblackwallstreet.com. Thank you for sponsoring the podcast. And also, if you would like to advertise your Black-owned business on this platform, just go to drboysfinance.com uh, and you can do that. Okay, so here's my Jay-Z story, right? So I had a... Um, <laughs> In 2013, I somehow ended up on the phone. It, it randomly, every now and then, weird things will happen. Like, like in 2013, that was also the year Tyler Perry just called me out of the blue. And we talked for a while. And then the conversation was over. And I don't know why Tyler called me, but we talked. And it was nice. He's a nice guy. Um, that same year, I got a call from a person who was um, Beyonce's like manager of her uh, road tour. Like, this person apparently was responsible for, um, you know, all of Beyonce's road tour stuff. And uh, and somehow we got on the conversation of, of the difference between what you promote versus what you actually are. And at that time, if you remember, before that year, Jay-Z had not made that album 444, where he was talking about, you know, financial investment and literacy and all that stuff. He was, well, at, by that time, at that time, he was still kind of on a lot of ignorant stuff, right? He was rapping about a lot of lifestyles, that that big pimping lifestyle that you know that blue eye that he would never want blue ivy to participate in but yet he'll market it to your kids right so anyway the um so when we're on this phone call i remember kind of saying like you know i don't understand why rappers will promote things to black people that they know are not healthy that they know are going to end up putting a, you know leaving us dead or in jail uh and they don't live that life that doesn't make any sense and i remember he was he was telling me he said no dr b you're wrong Jay-Z's really intelligent. Jay-Z really is about wealth and about investing and blah, blah, blah. And I said, well, that doesn't really matter if that's not what he's rapping about. And a lot of rappers have done that historically. You remember Young Jeezy. Uh, is, that, is that Young Jeezy? Yeah, that's that saying Why do I feel like I said it wrong? Anyway, young, I, I, I guess it feels weird to call him Young Jeezy because I think he's like old now. Uh, but anyway, uh, you, know, he, he, you know, a lot of people talked about the fact that he raps about street life, but then he sends his kids to college or 50 Cent. Uh, used to, if you listen to a 50 Cent interview in the in the 2010s, uh, where 50 Cent was talking to a white publication, he would be talking about his investments, his portfolio. He'd be using advanced nomenclature to use Grant Cardone, Cardone's word nomenclature, right? And he'd be talking like in a way where you're like, okay, this guy's really smart. But then he goes across the street to Double XL Magazine, and then suddenly the whole conversation gets real gutter. Like, yeah, you know, I keep two straps on me in case I got to shoot a motherfucker today. You know, right, right. Just this stuff that's like ridiculous that will literally get your son shot in the head and sent to prison. But yet they market this like this is a great lifestyle. And I feel so sorry for these young kids that grow up in this stuff because they don't understand. They don't know what it's like to spend 25 years in prison where all your relatives have died while you're locked up and you're being treated like a piece of crap by this guard who has no respect for you and who's basically spitting in your face every day. They take away your wealth. They take away your dignity. You're lonely as hell. Your girl's out here sleeping with somebody else. They don't know nothing about that. All they know is what's been glorified to them. And I think it's a damn crime. You should be ashamed if you are letting these young people look at this nonsense in the music and think that this is a good life without them even knowing how horrible that life can be. They don't, they will, they will, the only way you can ever know what it's like to grow old in prison is if you actually do it. And by that time, it is too late. The best 
thing that anybody could ever do for a young black person is to show them an old black person who has spent 20, 30 years in prison and have them give an honest depiction of how horrible it feels to be locked up in a cage like a damn animal, to be raped every other day, to have all your dignity stolen from you, all your money taken from you, to watch your mama and your daddy and your grandmama die while you're locked up and have the whole world forget about you and then come out and it's 30 years later and you don't even know how to use the internet because you went to prison before Tupac got killed. Like th like this is this is this is the reality that I wish was marketed to young people. I I really like those scared straight programs where they would take the kids to prison and really let them meet prison inmates who had the you know who who, who wanted to earn some extra commissary money by scaring the hell out of these kids. That's what they really need because a lot of this uh music will teach you the high side of living the fast life, but they don't teach you the dark side of that. They don't let you know what it feels like when those police finally come to your house and they put you in them handcuffs and throw you in the back of the paddy wagon and your freedom is gone forever. I, you know, and, and I don't and I just think it's sad. I think it's very, very sad when we market one side and don't show them the other side. And then they only learn about the other side after it's too late. So 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 with 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 some of this, you know, I, I think that the issue with Grant, my, my conclusion, here's my my verdict, if you will, on the Grant Cardone statement. Look. I don't hate this guy. I don't think he was trying to necessarily be racist. I think he was being honest as he was talking to another uh, white person about a business strategy that he applies, you know, to 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 communicate with certain types of black people. I think that if he had changed his words and instead, he, if he instead of saying half my audience is black under the age of 40. So I use street terms, not very uh, complex nomenclature. And I keep it simple. If he instead of saying that, if he simply said, you know, I have a lot of young black people from the street in my audience. And as a result, I use street terms. I wouldn't have been as offended by that. That would make sense. That would mean like, okay, there's a pocket of the black community that, you know, that that really likes, you know, likes to hear things that way. They, they feel that the only way they can learn is, you know, if you if you speak in a certain street language or whatever. Um, I'm not a fan of that per se, because here's the thing that you got to understand. If somebody puts you in the uh, the the ignorance box. And then they get you comfortable in the ignorance box and never challenge you to grow. Then all you'll ever have is that which is available in the ignorance box. Right. Uh, I want you to ask. I'm going to ask you this question. So, so, so Grant mentions that when he's talking to his young black audience, he uses street terms and not very advanced nomenclature, as he says. And he keeps things really simple. He doesn't use long words. Um when he, do you think that when Grant is sitting at the table with billionaires, do you think that he speaks the same way? Like, do you think that do you think that he sits and talks to when he's talking to Laura Trump? Do you think that he speaks to Laura Trump the way he might speak to his young black audience? Like, do you think that uh, do you think that there are tables that Grant feels like he could sit at because he can use the long words? Like when he's talking to Warren Buffett, do you think that Grant, if, if, let's say if he was, do you think that Grant would be afraid to use long words? Do you think that that would be sort of the, of the little bus conversation? Or do you think that they might actually lay out some advanced concepts during that discussion? So what? why am I making this point? The, the reason I'm making this point is that if you let people put you in a box, then you'll, you'll, you'll never get a chance to sit at the big boy table. 
you'll never get a chance to sit at the table where the million dollar, billion dollar deals are actually being done because you only know how to operate in one context. You're like a basketball player who only has one move. You're like a football team that only knows how to run the ball and you have no passing game, no special teams and no defense. You can't win a Super Bowl like that. You can't win a Super Bowl if you're a one dimensional football team. Go ask Patrick Mahomes or, or the Philadelphia Eagles. They they were the best teams in the NFL because they have multiple ways to defeat you. They have multiple ways to skin the cat. They have multiple ways to win the game. So what I would say is that um, anybody who says, look, I only want to be in spaces that relate to who I used to be, then you will never be in spaces that are going to challenge you to become the person that you want to be in the future. Who you are in the future needs to be different from who you were in the past. Where you're going to must be different from where you came from. You can't just say, well, I came from the gutter. I want to stay in the gutter. I was born in the trap. I want to live in the trap. I want to communicate like I'm in the trap. I want to stay in the trap. Sure, the trap might have become comfortable for you, but there are other places to be outside of the trap. I'm sure anybody, I'm sure if I had T.I. on this uh, on this uh, podcast right now, I bet you T.I., if you listen to T.I. speak, sometimes T.I. sounds like he's from the trap, but then sometimes T.I. will use words like expeditiously, right, to let you know. Like, hey, I can use advanced nomenclature and I can use long words and you don't have to talk to me like I'm like I'm in the third grade. Like you can talk to me like I'm a grown ass man who can sit at the table with millionaires and billionaires. So what I'm saying to you is that you got to challenge yourself to grow. If you don't challenge yourself to grow, then nothing good will come to you. You will always be the sheep. You'll never be the shepherd. You'll always be the beta. You'll never be the alpha. You'll always be the follower. You'll never be the leader. You'll always be in the back of the bus. You'll never get to drive the damn thing. You show as hell will never get to own it. So uh, to some extent, um, I give a shout out to a Grant Cardone because he owns his buses. He owns his jets. He owns his, his his fancy cars and everything else. I don't need I don't care about all that stuff, but I will buy. I'm, I'm, I'm buying an airplane myself, so I can't sit and pretend like like I like I don't get it. <laughs> like, right. <laughs> but but you don't but you don't elevate if you don't challenge yourself. If you you know, so 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 I would say this, um, you know. If, if you talk about, uh, I'm looking at my notes to make sure I cover everything because I really thought about this because I really wanted to make sure I was respectful to all points of view. I didn't want you to think that you're wrong if you disagree with me. I'm not saying that you're wrong. You're probably right. Like, so for example, let's say that somebody said, you know, I have a bunch of black people come to my house. So I make sure we have plenty of fried chicken and watermelon and we make sure we can play lots of basketball. I would be, I would probably go to that house. I would enjoy my time at that house. I say, man, their chicken was great. I love me some watermelon and I play, I'll play, we play basketball all night long, right? Like I get all of that. That's fine. But the the thing that you have to be careful about is when people start to think that that's all that you are, right? Or when people start to think that all of you want the same thing and think the same way. This is why the black woman goes to the office and the white man treats her like a hoe because he thinks that she wants to twerk like Cardi B or he thinks that she must love Lizzo because all the black women love Lizzo. Not every black woman is in that category. So so don't let people stereotype you, you know, because when they do that, they are taking away your humanity. They're looking at you as, as a one-dimensional cartoon character. And this is the problem that black people have. This is why hip hop is so dangerous for black people. This is why, this is why when a black man goes on trial in front of a group of white people, uh, his, a jury of his so-called peers, and he's innocent, 
this is why he's still going to get sent to jail because they're not going to look at him as a human being. They're going to say, well, I don't know much about Negroes, but I do know that they, they sure do like to kill each other and they sure do uh, like to steal. And they sure do, um, you know, the, 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 my favorite rapper, he raps all, he raps like he likes to, he likes, he loves raping women and killing people and, and, and committing crimes. So he's probably like the rest of them. Right. And that's the that's the issue that you have. Or when you talk or when you go and you are uh, an engineer applying for a job at Google or Microsoft and they say, yeah, you know, we you're OK. But, you know, we kind of already have we, we, we want to get somebody from India because Indians are good at engineering and African-Americans just aren't. Now, maybe if you were African, if you were from Nigeria, we might hire you. Even even black people from other countries get treated differently in America than African-Americans do, because there is a certain stigma attached with being African-American where they think that everything that is negative and toxic, that you love that stuff. They think you love abandoning your children. They think that you love the street life. They think that you love killing each other. They think that you love being ignorant. Your kid don't want to read. They think you love basketball and football over everything else. They think you love that, you, you, that you're the next musical superstar, right? That's what they think about you. There's almost, there's hardly any stereotypes about black people that allow you access to the entirety of your humanity. So I, I just want you to really process that. And again, uh, if Grant sees his video, I'm not sitting here trying to say he was trying to be racist. Uh, in fact, sometimes the most racist comments come from people who are more comfortable around black people. He felt comfortable enough to share that, which to some extent maybe means that he's just he's probably got a lot of black friends and everything else. So so, you know, so so I, to some extent, like I, I give I give a little bit of a pass on that. But I really think if you break it down, half my audience is black. We specifically target that audience. And, and because of that, to communicate with them, we use a lot of street terms. We don't use very big nomenclature, meaning we don't use long words or, or we don't name things with, with multiple syllables because we don't want to confuse them. And we keep everything simple. Um, I don't if you consider that to be a compliment, then I really hope that you'll at least rethink that thought, like just sort of process that for a moment. Like when somebody says, because Grant Cardone didn't get to become a multimillionaire by always, you know, thinking on a very simple kind of level. He didn't he didn't get there. But with 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 by avoiding long words and uh, only sticking to street terms and only sticking to simple language. Right. So so just keep that in mind uh, before you embrace the stereotype. I know that you're raised in that. I know that we kind of think that being black means certain things that are maybe not necessarily healthy. Uh, but you got to really rethink that, man, because if you look around and you see what's going on in the community you, and you understand why a lot of white folks don't support your businesses, well, they don't see you as a businessman. Why white folks won't hire you for certain jobs or because they don't see you as anything other than an entertainer or an athlete or why black men fill up the penitentiary well, because they see you as the prison inmate. They're like, OK, this is where they like to be. When I went to visit a prison in Detroit, I walked across that yard in that prison. It was like being at an HBCU. I said, if you close my eyes and put me in the middle of this building and said, where are you? I, if you take away the uniforms, I would say, oh, I'm probably on an HBCU campus because almost every single man in that men's prison was a black man. So black women, if you're ever wondering, where's my husband? Where's my boyfriend? Where's the, the man of my dreams? Well, uh, there's a parallel universe where he didn't get sent to prison for 30 years, but your man is probably in jail somewhere. And this is some of, this is the issue that you have in this society, that people view black people in a certain context. And, and part of my disconnect 
where, where white people end up thinking that I don't like them because I don't want to be around them all the all the time. Uh, I don't hate them. I, I promise you, I don't. And I and I, I get I get you know I have white folks around. I mean, and again, I don't want to make it into that, but I stay away because it's like I don't need you defining me. I'm gonna define myself. You know, I don't need you telling me what kind of father I'm supposed to be. I'm gonna decide that shit because I'm a man. You know, I don't need you telling me how smart I'm allowed to be. I'm the smartest motherfucker in the room. Excuse my French. I, 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 I'm not, I'm, I'm not, I'm no, I'm not, no, I'm not the dumb guy in the back. I'm not trying to, to get, I, I don't want the simple language. I want the advanced language. I don't want the simple ideas. I want to understand the complex ideas. I don't want to understand level one thinking. I need to understand level four, level five, level six thinking. I don't want to play checkers. Don't put me in the checkers room. I'm going to play chess with you and I'm going to beat you at chess. And give me a guess if you're also in that category. I think a lot of you are here because that's who you are. That's who you want to be. And my job, the reason God put me on this planet and gave me this purpose is to remind you that that's who you are. And you need to stop apologizing for that. Stop apologizing to white folks and stop apologizing to other black people because you believe in setting a higher standard. Stop apologizing because you demand that your kids clean their room and do their homework. Stop apologizing because you actually want to watch movies that give a more complex story as opposed to some damn simple ass Tyler Perry shit. Like stop apologizing because because you want to invest and save your money. Stop apologizing because you don't love the street life. Stop apologizing because you want to put your kids in advanced educational programs and so they can actually get ahead. And people think that that's weird because you're not spending all your money on basketball camp. Stop apologizing for being extraordinary. That's who you're supposed to be. So if people want to be average, let them be average. Let the average Negroes be average. That's fine. I don't hate them for being average. You need average people. Statistically speaking, you must have somebody who is not exceeding the average. The average wouldn't be the average if everybody was above average. But some of you are above average. And my job is to coach you and support you on your pathway to really fulfilling that potential that God put out there for you. He did not mean for you to ride in the back of the bus. He meant for you to own the damn bus and drive the damn bus and break every generational curse that they ever thrust on you because that is your mission. That is why you're here. Keep that in mind. I'm done talking. I don't have nothing else to say. Thank you all for listening. I appreciate it. My website is boycewatkins.com. Feel free to uh, go to the website. Um, I am going to start the tour very, very soon. My book is called The Ten Commandments of Black Economic Power. Uh, you can feel free to go grab a copy on Amazon or boycewatkins.com. If you get on Amazon, uh, please leave a review. I'd appreciate it. Most of the reviews are five stars. So thank you all very much if you've done this so far. Also, uh, if you want to know the tour dates, just look up Black Wealth Bootcamp Tour on my website, boycewatkins.com. I'm going to do live trainings for two days in six different cities. And it's all about black wealth. All I care about is black wealth. All I care about is black people. So uh, Grant Cardone, if you're watching, no, I don't need an invitation to your platform. I don't want to come on your platform. I don't dislike you, but this is where I live. This is where I need to be. So God bless you guys. Have a good day. I love you and I'll see you soon. Take care now. Peace. Here we are, clan, the isms, cataclysm, great. Our people out here struggling, trying to make it in this state. Everybody out here doing it, but we the ones who late. Now, family, we the ones who gotta delegate. Get that money in the power, never be fake. Stick to co-sign for three. What did he say? Uh, create jobs, support our own. Educate the same and buy back your home. Got three degrees, triple ten. Three PhDs, now we on the CNN. DBTV, let's talk about negligence. Ignorance is bliss, but we can turn into intelligence. Please, none of what you hear, half of what you see. Let's break it down here on Dr. Boyce TV. Here we are.